I'm Carson Daly, and I practically live online. It's true. Ever since the first time I heard the dial-up tone of AOL, I've been familiarizing myself with everything the World Wide Web has done to shape pop culture, from the early dot-com days to the Web3 and crypto boom. And what I've learned is that there's a not-so-secret society of entrepreneurs, influencers, and innovators who are incubating an entirely new zeitgeist, on and offline, and I can't wait for you to meet them. So tune in every Tuesday to hear my candid conversations with internet and technology trailblazers, so you too can join us in leading the next digital revolution. This is The Carson Daly Show. Okay, guys, my next guest is seriously just built different. This guy, who, as you will hear, seemed so intimidating to me, was one of the coolest people I've had the chance to meet through my show. For starters, I was fascinated by the very real and very diehard community he's created, not around a brand, but around a way of living. I won't give away too much because it's a way better story coming from him, but it's just so important to keep in mind that he built his brand in a time that predates the automation and algorithms that we are so accustomed to today. He's harnessed digital revolutions, maximized personal and professional outputs, and stayed fiercely true to his mission. This episode tells his fascinating personal and professional story and was also kind of a therapy session for my unmotivated ass. So without any further ado, please enjoy Matthew Vincent. I have to say, I like have now that I've done like my my background research and like, you know, checked and did all my do my due diligence. I like feel like I have this like parasocial like relationship with like you through your content through this like highlight reel of like your prescriptions for life which is like so sick but I have to tell you that your like intensity and energy is like inspiring but I'm also like a bit intimidated and I didn't know it's like do you get so I'm like I just wanted to be upfront and share that with you and I'll tell you why if you want to know like I'll give you the whole yeah yeah for sure because I think that's really valuable right because that's definitely not my goal no and I don't mean it in a bad way like this is my personal okay good because you like your like I said your prescriptions for life in these like things that you share online are so like they make me feel like they call upon something in me to be like, yes, like make the fucking most out of every day, like work hard, hustle, get it done. You're responsible. And then the intimidation comes from where I'm like, I don't I just don't know if I'm that person. And like, is that wrong of me? Like, because I also feel like I'm really happy with my life and like I've achieved a lot and like I'm kind of good with not giving a hundred percent every day but like you bring it out like you make me question like what could I be doing if I was giving that hundred percent every day it's like just a moment of vulnerability and truth to share that with you like that's that's how I feel have you heard that before not in those terms uh, not within like, uh, that feeling and look, and I, I want to be very clear, right? Like this is how I feel about my life yeah, and pursuing my dreams and those type of things, how anyone else decides to live their life. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I, I like that about you. I want you to live your life at whatever full speed for you to be as happy and successful or whatever that means as possible for you. The big thing I think lots of people don't have any idea of is what that looks like for them. What does the best life 
of that you're choosing look like and how much of what you've done is built on ideas from people in your past, your parents, your coaches, your whatever else, you know, having expectations for you to match that we're going to fulfill certain things and they didn't. And so if you're going to do it, I say fucking run full speed at the stuff that makes you happy. Yeah, I love that. So like, how do like what is I want to know more about you definitely. But like, what is do you think like just based on what I've just told you, like, what's kind of the first step in somebody figuring out like what it is they're comfortable with for like how fast and like whether it's full speed or half speed or quarter speed, like, what are the questions that you have to kind of ask yourself to know, like how to get there and how to define like what you're prepared to achieve and how you're prepared to do that? I think the first is goal setting, right? Like I think without, you know, finding some inspiration to figure out what it is you'd like to do, then it's really hard to kind of put a compass down to give you a roadmap to say where the effort needs to go. So true. Because otherwise yeah. it just ends up being effort and we're caught such in this hustle culture, right? Of yes. fucking whatever that means. Yes. Um, but we're in this idea that like busy's good. And I don't want busy. I want directed energy. Yeah. Like, you know, for training for sports, right? Like I've used that analogy a lot. But for training for strength or anything else, like I don't need to spend 15 hours in the gym training. Mm-hmm. I need to spend like 90 minutes tops yes. focused. And so like I want to be able to apply that to the parts of my life that matter, right? Like that my work thing, I'm not trying to wear some fucking badge and die here in a martyr because I'm spending 16 hours a day at my <laughs> desk. Like that's Same. not the goal. Uh-uh. Look, I, I love what I get to do. I love my brand. I love to get to podcast. I like the travel that we get to do. But like my goal of creating a business and working isn't to reward myself with more work. Yeah, I want to reward myself with freedom. I want freedom to choose whatever the fuck I want to do every day and make sure that those things that I'm doing are for me. And so once we can kind of get people a target to look at, right? Somebody once told me if you're if you're grinding and you're not moving, you're rusting. And like that kind of always stuck with me Mm. of like that busyness and like that culture of being busy, like I I've, I live in the UK now, but I lived in LA for a year and I moved to LA to like build my brand and launch my business and do like consulting and market, like consultancy and marketing and all of that. And I felt so busy every day, like for the first six months. And I was like, what have I achieved? Like, okay, I've made some money. Like, don't care. Like, what is, what am I doing with my money? Like, it's not buying me, like you said, freedom. Like, this is what I am trying Mm -hmm. to work toward. Like, how do I, like, that's my goal as well is freedom and to try to, and have the space to choose and be flexible and say, like, I want to give a hundred percent today, or like, I want to give 0% today. And that's fine too. Like, I just want the freedom to choose that. I think it's amazing. So Okay, that is my like opening sash. I I needed that. I love it. I f- like finds that when I talk to people like you, I'm like, this is like sorry for my own gain. I'm like, how much can I learn from you? Yeah, and but take look, from make this? no mistake. That's the whole reason I started a podcast too. Is I wanted Hell to be yeah. able to hold conversations with these people I'm inspired by. I love it so much. Okay, so I tell mean, that's me- the whole point, right? To learn as much as you can. Yes, exactly. So on that, tell me like. 
what's your story? Where are you from? You have like so many cool accolades, like so many cool achievements and accomplishments in like what I can tell your business life, your personal life, professional life, sports, everything. I want to know like, what are, what is the story that's like not told in the bio? Like your childhood, who inspired you, who shaped you, who are those coaches and mentors you've mentioned? Tell me everything. I mean, the kid grew up in 1983 in Louisiana. Um, you know, from that point on and kind of where I sit at it now, right? Like that's the greatest head start I got. Like with anything was I got born to two parents that loved me and I got a chance to pursue sports and try things. Um, you know, through, through all that, the sports stuff taught me a lot. Like I learned how to delay gratification and work really hard over a long period of time to accomplish a single goal. Um, so through sports in high school, right? Like, I mean, got into track and field in middle school and then football, uh, growing up in the South was kind of a big thing. And then, um, made my way into college as an athlete, uh, and kind of had this pivotal moment, I guess that like, I don't talk about a ton. And that was deciding whether or not to pursue football or do track and field in college. Because I mean, if I pursue football, like I'm for sure not sitting right here. Like that, that moment there is this big left or right turn because I would have gone to a different school than LSU. I would have met different people, X, Y, and Z, but, um, track and field ended up being this really great avenue for me as a thrower. Um, and then after college, I floundered around and fucked up running a bicycle shop for a couple of years of four or five years. I tried to own, uh, open a bicycle shop was my first step at entrepreneurship nice, and failed miserably. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Brick and mortar didn't work out. I probably will skip doing a brick and mortar again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure you, that is sage as wisdom if that's now the problem though. And not 22 yeah. year old mean was fucking running. It. Yeah, no, we're going to yeah, blame the problem. Brick and mortar is dead. The problem yeah. is that a 22 year old me. <laughs> Wait, okay. So I'm just jumping in here. No, like I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, uh, so was I at 22. I still am, I think. I'm still working out the kinks. But um, what did you... Oh, same. I'm 40 and... Oh, cool. Well, we're. I have hope then. I still have some time. Like, I still am going to give myself some time. 40 is my new check-in point. Thank you very much. I'm going to take that. What did, You said you failed miserably, miserably. Like, what is your... Like, if you do have one or two things where you're like, I did this wrong and I would have done this differently... Um, so at this point, like I can see where we weren't leaning into like growing a community Mm. and that's really what we could have done to support the shop better because none of the other shops in town would have done that. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up just having to play the same competitive game for selling that everyone else did. And it just, it didn't work out. We weren't making enough money for the amount that we were spending. I have no idea how to budget or do any of that side of the business thing. Um, and 22 year old me is not that bright. So we weren't making enough money for what was being spent. And yeah. I did was, you, uh, did you know? really insecure and really embarrassed to like, yeah, I bet to, to, to admit that I was fucking things up. Well, that was going to be my next question. Like, did you I, know when to walk away or did you, were you, did you have to be told like this is over? This is done. Um, I wanted to walk away and I got lucky enough that uh, a business partner at the time basically had wanted to push me out and I was more than happy to hand the keys over. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's cool. I was, Bye. I was done being stressed and I at 22, I didn't have any other answers other than 
I, this isn't working. I need out of here. Yeah. I have I to do? make other money. Yeah, And definitely. so I went back to bouncing and DJing at a strip club. And um, there you go. Then eventually into some grosser work, like outside sales at a cell phone store, which hey, was way grosser than working at a strip club. I bet. Service industry experience is like the best. Like bouncer, DJ. I have waitress and bartender to fall back on. Like I always joke to my mm -hmm. partner. I'm like, hey, hon, if things go tits up, I'm getting a job at this pub. I'm getting a job. Like I'll be, I'm in there like swimwear. You know, like, it's so I'm fucking good. funny, dude. I, I still have like two or three people that I worked with like in the club. And I mean, look, I haven't been in or around that environment especially with the people i know since jesus 2010 okay and like i still will occasionally throw a text out and just say hi or whatever because it's like yo if i need a job <laughs> <laughs> i, I go get back on a ship keep it warm as if like i'm still warm. holding i fuck man i know it i don't That's fucking burn bridges sense. like that um, no you can't gotta have good sense you still got a spot for me just check in <laughs> Yeah, just making sure I can come work if I need it. I love that so much. Okay, um, so then after that, when do you get back into the entrepreneurship game, brand building game? I got out of the bike shop in 2008. Um, and then I went into regular jobs and very, very much decided that, like, no way is entrepreneurship for me. Like, I'm going to catch a paycheck. Yes, uh, steady. So I did. I uh, wanted less of that stress and uh, made it my way uh, into the petrochemical industry. So oil and gas industry uh, across the Gulf Coast and uh, started doing some more labor intensive style work in that business and then found myself doing some sales and then was better at sales. And so then another company hired me to just do sales and then another company hired me to just do sales for them. So I climbed the ladder a bit there for about 10 years and was making good money. Um, at the same time, like I was competing. So I'd gotten into uh, strength sports, um, I guess probably around 2008 or nine. So about the same time that I got out of the bike shop, I'd found strongman and then some powerlifting and got back into that as I, after college track and field and focused on the business, I just got fat. And so um, it was it time to do something about it. Yes, definitely. Um, so I went into strongman, which didn't help me get any less fat, but I got really strong. Um, and then powerlifting, and then uh, eventually I'd stumbled into some Highland Games, which is a great natural translation after being a thrower in college. And so, once yes. doing Highland Games for the first time, I really dove full force into it. Okay, what is Highland Games? I wanted to ask you. Should I know okay. this? <laughs> so familiar with powerlifting? No. You oh, shouldn't. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so if you're familiar with like strongman and powerlifting, like it's another niche version of strength sports. Okay. And so um, have you ever seen chubby dudes in kilts throwing like a telephone pole? Definitely. I've definitely like, seen that. Carry so, yeah. <laughs> so if you've seen that, that's the Highland Games. Okay, cool. So cool. I traveled around the world as a professional competing in that for about 10 years. It's nine events. It's all throwing stuff, um, either distance, height, or I think the cabers kind of accuracy. But yeah, I got into that in 2009 
or 2008. 2008 was my first game at the end of it. And then won a couple world championships as a professional in 2011, 2014. Uh, I started, I guess, entrepreneurship. I would have started like in 2000. 10 uh i started a blog and i started making some videos about training for the highland games and then i wrote a book and one of the things i wrote about in the book was this you know self-philosophy about the hate uh this kind of feeling inside of me about like why accepting mediocrity is just not okay um i fucking hate it i hate that average feeling and so uh that ended up becoming the brand and we start i started selling shirts for the brand about 2014 and uh it has continued since and so i guess i really dove back into entrepreneurship somewhere there and slow rolled from selling a couple ebooks as an entrepreneur here and there to a full-fledged uh you know seven-figure apparel company is a much different monster Definitely. yeah well congrats that's an amazing story i was gonna make a joke about how you probably like when you use the figure of speech like i don't trust you as far as i can throw you like it's funnier because you probably can throw people yeah yeah it's further <laughs> Uh, sorry I'm, like the, i'm just in a world of my own on that one um that was a mess but okay very cool and i love to hear about like blogging i love to hear about like early experiences mm -hmm. on the internet and like early brand building on the internet because i think like that time in particular 2010 like blogging and ebooks and building social media presence brand online was like we didn't have a word for it but the people who were doing well, the it shit was the wild west exactly and the people who were doing it are people who now like you like seven figure apparel brands like that's pretty fucking sick so tell me about like those early experiences like did you catch on pretty like really quick were you like yeah this is it this is how i want to distribute my you know my my content what i have to say what i think about life in the world or were you convinced just tell me everything um so I'd started writing, like, I remember being early influenced by, uh, really somebody, uh, Jim Windler is the name of a guy who's a powerlifting coach, performance coach, those type of things. And was writing a lot for a company at the time, uh, lead FTS mm -hmm. and doing, um, a blog post and talking about his training. And I really liked the cut of his jib. He talked a lot of shit. Uh, it was funny and I dug references he was making. And so I decided I wanted to start talking about my training and writing and I was uh, part of a message board on this site for Highland Games guys and cool. um, as I got better at the sport and was putting out information more people tended to follow and so it kind of went from everything right like I wrote a little bit about traveling here and there to each of the competitions and then I would you know talk about food or beer or whatever else I found while competing and then a little bit of DIY shit as far as making implements or strongman stuff because at that time no one's selling anything right, and so true. it's still all backwoods and having to redneck shit every everything together um yeah it was great it was really cool and then I had a you know we started selling an ebook and I mean nothing exciting right like oh shit an ebook sold every day like this is pretty neat and then um, eventually I got asked to make some shirts and so started making shirts. We took a pre-order for like two weeks. Um, I think maybe I sold 100 shirts. At this time, too, weeks. And like then 
there rolled was, that into yeah was there like shopify at this time like how were you doing e-commerce no. okay so how like Fuck that's no, no. So, like, so cool i'm writing a blog like on blogspot right mm-hmm. like i think that's what we were using was blogspot or yeah. blogger or whichever one of those it was it like is. blogspot and google and... had like a blog for like they had their yep. own blog channel right 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 okay yeah yeah so i think that's where i was using it mattvincent.net or driftalifted.com whatever it was at the time okay. um and i contacted a buddy uh mike who was in the highland games doing stuff like that and i was like hey man i'd like to sell an ebook do you know how i could do that <laughs> and so we put together uh, a website at mattvincent.net and uh, we're able to list an ebook that they got an automatic download with, you know, whenever they purchased it and it went through PayPal or whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. And once we kind of opened up the e-commerce thing, it wasn't any harder to sell a shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I from jump because I still had this regular job, like I still have my nine to five job uh, in the petrochemical industry until like 2017. And so I've got three years of running the business while I still have a a very nice income from working this career that I built. Um, So that gives a lot of freedom. Like, I don't think I made any money necessarily for my brand for the first two and a half years. Right. But you also weren't hurt because you were working as well. No, I've I've got a regular job that's paying almost 200 grand a year. Yeah. It's fine. Safety. And also not terribly difficult. I just don't enjoy doing it. The algorithm um, for success is starting to to co- become clear. I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I had a, another friend of mine, Phil, who's a business partner of mine now and still to this day, uh, he reached out and he was like, hey, man, you should sell some shirts. And I was like, fuck, man, I don't have time to do that. Like, I don't have time to go box things up and put them in, bring them to the post office and do any of this stuff. Not over like five shirts this week. Like, what are we doing? And he was like, oh, he says, well, I own a screen printing company and we can do all the shipping and fulfillment on this end if you just design and promote. And I was like, huh, Sick. Well, that's worth trying. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it's run ever since. I've uh, done it that way and we handle all the creative side here and my team in Topeka now in the warehouse and our screen printing company handles all of that. Um, and we do it now for like another 10 companies. One of those That's things amazing. that we, you know, opened up the doors to was like, if you want to do apparel and don't know how to manage like the mechanical side of that business, right? Like the actual printing, the shipping, the getting it to customers, the customer service part being fulfilled, the exchanges, returns, all that, like we can do it for you. It's I so just, important. It's a lot of fucking work. It's tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's none of the magics involved there. The magic's on the front end where you've got yeah. to promote and reach people and continue to communicate and do Which all that. Which is a and that full-time shit's job in itself. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's right. I mean, that's the business development side. Mm-hmm. You know, the other side behind the things, that's the mechanical side that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started talking about like, oh, shit, we could do this for other companies, too, because... Like if somebody has the ability to do that front end work, the magic thing, like they'll figure out the back end. Totally. Agree. And so I would much rather be an ally to anybody trying to make their fucking dreams happen than pretend that like I have some secret I can't share. Totally. I love that. And like look, democratizing. Happily. Yeah, exactly. Like well, I just don't believe in scarcity, dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just don't fucking believe in it. It's horseshit. 
Exactly. It's meant to make people feel small and excluded. It ain't like Under Armour or Nike's contacting me about how many shirts I'm selling. They don't even fucking know I exist. And both of those companies can sell shirts just fine. So it isn't like there's a lack of people out there buying goddamn t-shirts. Exactly. Do you think that like we were talking about like front end magic. Like I think so many people want to build brands and like launch businesses and whatever. And they don't have, they don't know how much work like it really takes and how much really goes into it. And do you think that like that there's, it was easier than having like the tight knit community that you have been building through your blog, like where you're saying like, yeah, five shirts went out or one ebook went out in a week. And I'm like, yeah, this is sick. Like that, put you down a path to like create forever fans, like a forever community where they're going to ride with you throughout the waves. And like, I feel like now there's so much noise, like everybody Mm -hmm. wants to launch a brand. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to be their own business and all of that. Like, do you think that we've lost something along the way in terms of like the philosophy and mentality of the work? Do you think it's harder to get started now from scratch or do you think it was harder back then like just what are your thoughts so i think the tools that we've got in place now as far as creative tools and how Mm -hmm. well websites can be built and the e-commerce side of things like those are light years ahead of where we were so that's no longer the hang up like anyone can start a functioning e-commerce business in 45 minutes. Yeah, literally 45 minutes. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, hell, you can find a 3PL for a fulfillment company. You can yep, do like everything that. and ship direct from Alibaba. Like there's no lack of opportunity to do it that way. Yep. But the Shout front end magic, like, that's the part nobody knows how to sell. Yep. Like that's the part that nobody can tell you what to do, right? Like the consistency of tone, the how you're going to communicate with your audience, how are you going to promote, you know, make new content. And the fact that like, if you're going to run a brand, there is a bit of an all hands approach at this point, right? Like where I do need to podcast. I do need to make YouTube content. It's, it's everywhere. Like be everywhere. And that's work. I mean, my creative team at this point is, you know, myself, um, my main videographer, Brant, and then we've got two other guys here in St. Louis to help with podcast and, and photos and i mean we photo shoot and video content every week i mean yeah. essentially this place i've built my my office my gym my my is a studio yeah. and that's why i have a private place right is so that we can get it done when it needs to get done without ever having to worry about other other fucking people here i think it's i think the front end is is very very hard right because yeah. Like, I don't know who's going to write a book about this, but I'm excited at some point to see what it says and, and everything. And write your uh, own, I don't think write I'm your smart own rip enough. I could book. probably interview. <laughs> yeah, they got to get well, you like, in it. <laughs> the idea, I guess, essentially is that, uh, yeah, it was the Wild West, right? Like, when I started, there wasn't an algorithm. There wasn't any of this shit. And there wasn't that many people doing things. I mean, I remember very early on, like, having a couple friends who had bigger followings. And if, you know, we were together and got a repost from them, I'd pick up two or 3,000 followers within an hour. Yeah. Right. And like, it was just, it's just a different world. Yeah. And as that's changed, the, the effort to reach eyes has become harder because there's so many more people yelling. So many more. Yeah, and, totally. But also like, you don't get to fucking complain about the free, 
the free app that gives you access so to people. True. Like, that's so not, true. So <laughs> true. Not how it it's fucking like, works. Don't be a don't be a dick. It's still free. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that it's like people's complaints of like, oh, I'm not, I don't get seen or I don't get views or whatever. It's like probably you can pinpoint it to like, well, what is your content plan? Like, how consistent are you? How like how true to your niche do you stay? How true to your brand do you stay? Like, what do you? There are like many recipes for success. I think, yeah, some people can definitely like there's lightning in a bottle moments that come. But it's like I I spoke to somebody at one point that was like, anybody can go viral at any time. Are you prepared? Mm -hmm. Do you have the infrastructure and the vision and the drive to then sustain that? Because what are you going to do when you wake up and you have those, you know, that multi-million view video like how are you going to harness that and use it to your full potential and monetize it and, well, and, and again, grow a did you make a fucking it? video to go viral did yeah you? i mean and, and what was the intent right did you make a video to go viral or did you make a video that supports your company that went viral because those are different fucking things totally because if i went viral doing i don't know let's just as an example let's say a trendy tiktok dance or fucking whatever it is <laughs> i'm a 40 year old dude doing that right like who who's my target audience my target audience isn't 18 to 22 year olds exactly like that's not who's buying into my thing mm -hmm. and so that's not incredibly valuable mm -hmm. whereas i would rather have you know five thousand people watch a video that really spoke to them i agree I totally agree. I and, think, that and so you know, figuring out the goals, right? It's a business. It's like a barrier to this to business mentality. Maybe that's like not the right way to put it, but I think it's also generational. Like Gen Z and younger, I think they're not thinking about target. They're not thinking about like target customers or target demographic or target market. Like they're just thinking about followers. Like you can't just create this like blanket statement about like followers that you want. Like you have to think about like who you're actually speaking to and what it is that you want to say to them. And I just, I find it like really hard for, this is like my personal opinion that I think a lot of people because they've seen people become successful and grow successful businesses and successful brands and use social media as like a primary communication avenue to do that they think it's just possible for them. Like they have these like, like these mm. like parasocial relationships to success or like they feel like they're, they're entitled to it or that they can have it and they don't know what goes into it. And like I have a 20 year old sister. So I'm always thinking about this. I'm like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I just want to be rich. Like I just, I'm like, well, what, but what are you going to do? Like, what does that get you? Like, you know, oh, you like, God. you <laughs> like, and sh I see her constantly. <laughs> Like just she's got her phone up and she's got pressing record on TikTok and she does the dances and does the things. And then you know what she does? She pressed draft. And I'm like, why do you never post that shit? If like you want to be rich and famous and you want to be an influencer, but like you block your fear. own blessings. Yeah, that's this is what I want to get into. This yeah, is fear stuff. and embarrassment and insecurity and just like fucking everything else. Right. Like. Oh, it's a weird thing, man. And America's a fucking really weird one. We've celebritized and decided that famous is a thing we all want to be. It's an occupation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, look, and I don't, it's not like I'm immune to it. Um, I just think it would be really tricky being in my 20s.
Like, I'm very glad that I had 10 years in a real fucking career where I had to interact with people and show up on time and get up at five in the morning for a decade to to work. Shake somebody's hand. Um, yeah. As well as become a world champion in a sport at the same time that I had that career. Like, I learned a lot during that window, right? Like, I can fucking manage a lot of things. Um, and I can be disciplined enough to show up like you that's the other one. If I can't lives. get you to show up, I don't care what you know. Exactly. Exactly. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to. And that was, that's a tough transition for a lot of people too. Whenever do you, you'll realize that one chapter is coming to a close and how do you decide to, to start the next with the same energy that you began the first one? hundred percent. People fucking hold on. hundred percent. I feel like in my experience like so when i first graduated college i got um hired at a startup animation studio and luxury toy company and i was employee number okay. three there it was so sick like i went from i like wanted it so bad right like i i applied for a position for director of marketing it was not qualified it literally was less than a year out of college but I like made them think on my cover letter that I was qualified because I was like, if I get in the fucking room, I will get this job. Yeah, like right. if they meet me, yep. I will have this job. And I did. And I worked my way up from there and ended up being the director of brand development. And like I very much had a moment where I was like, OK, here's what happens at startups like this. I can coast for the next, you know, the first three to five years were fucking hard. A lot of work, emotionally taxing, exhausting, whatever. A lot of a lot of working out the kinks. Next five years, I can probably coast. I sit at my big girl desk in the big girl room. I'm 24 years old. Like, this is fucking sick. Like, I'm good. Disney will come in and buy us out. I'll get my stocks. I'll do this. They'll probably keep me on for another few more years, giving me a big salary, doing fuck all. Like, this is what my life is. I'm cool with that. Like I was like so comfortable with just like, this is what I know is going to happen for the next 10 to 15 years. And then I'll let my life start. And I was like, at one point it was actually, and we have this in common. I saw this on your social media. My dad passed away. It'll be four years next week. And I realized mm -hmm. I started to think about, it was like, my dad lived so many fucking lives like from the stories that he told me half of them definitely not true i can say that because he's not going to hear it <laughs> but i was like this man if this man lived half the number of lives that he told that he's telling me he's lived like i need to get the fuck out of my own way like what am i doing here and i need to go out there and like be ready to rebuild myself, to re-identify and to just figure out like what it is I want to do. And since then, literally three years ago now, I feel like I've lived a hundred lives. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm tired. I'm in my retirement right now. Like I'm living a, a short retirement life of like, I just want to well, chill. <laughs> you know, the, the generation above us, right? Like, um, yeah, I'm, I, I imagine I'm a slightly different generation than you. I think I'm technically a millennial. I'm about as old Me as we're Me too. Allowed. I'm the youngest millennial. Right. I'm the youngest millennial. Okay. So we got that. Perfect. <laughs> you know, my parents, man, you know, my mom is 70 and still a teacher. I lost my dad back in 2014. And uh, my dad was a boilermaker, worked at a refinery in 35 years in a job. And um, I, I think we were so sold on this idea that you're supposed to have an, a pretty good idea of what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life yeah. by your 20s. By the time you get out of college, that's why you go to college, right? Is to exactly. figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. 
um, that didn't fucking track for me. Uh, and I got lucky with some sports. Um, you know, I went into the workforce. I would have very easily continued working in that line of work in petrochemical industry and probably done fine financially and been safe. But, you know, I'm doing a job I don't give a shit about. And not only that, like, I hated that feeling of, um, you know, I knew that I could just be let go. Yes. Like, fucking nothing changes. Same. Right? Like, this isn't, this isn't my fucking dream I'm building. Whatever, whatever false narrative of security that I've built around it just wasn't true. And, man, you know, my, my dad passing was really a big first punch of mortality. And it was, for me, it, was, it wasn't that my dad had just passed, right? But it was the pancreatic cancer. And it was that he went from okay and everything was normal and he and mom were starting to kind of enjoy retirement and travel and do these things that they had planned on doing. And 11 months later, he was fucking dead. And, uh, you know, I can stack some cards in my favor, right? Like as far as maintaining my health and doing some things like he didn't do or any of this, but you know, people get fucking sick and die all the time. People get brain cancer. People fucking end up in accidents and their lives change and it doesn't have anything to do with them. It's not good luck or bad luck. It is just happens. And man, if, if one of the ways that there's a possibility that my life runs out is me getting sick and withering away in under a year. And I don't know when that, that starts like until then motherfucker, I'm on the gas. Like that's how it feels for me. And to sit there and, and live it out at a fucking life that like I could already see how the next 10 years played out or next 20 years went. What's the fucking point? Yeah. I know the story. And that one to me just was really scared. This, this feeling of what are, what are we waiting for? You know, my dreams aren't to become rich and have the same job and job security, man. I want a fucking adventure. You know, I want to go and experience these things and see the world and be uncomfortable. And I want to know all the deep, dark shadows that are me and what I'm capable of. 100%. And I'm willing to venture in there. 100%. I think also and like... So, oh, sorry. Keep going. That, that brush with mortality, you know, changed again when I got hurt. You know, at the end of my 2016 season, I had finished uh, second in the world and then went in for a pretty simple ACL surgery. And... It's not how it worked out. You know, I spent three years in chronic pain and nine other surgeries and eventually a total knee replacement and, you know, no longer having my, you know, within 2014 to 2019, you know, that, that run, right? Like my dad dies. I've started a business. I've won two world championships and then I can't ever compete in that sport again. Like it's gone. Yeah. And so like, what the fuck we do? And so the only thing I know how to do is show up every day, figure out where do we want to go. And all my focus went into getting out of pain. Because mm -hmm. if I don't do that, I know that I won't survive this thing. I know that at some point the noise from that pain will win and you know, I'll, I'll fucking end up killing myself. Yeah. I know that that's the route that that'll go. I don't know if that's 10 years or five years or 25 years, but at some point I'll have enough. But it's real, right? And uh, if I know that that's a reality, 
then there's no risk in trying fucking everything I can to solve this problem. There's no anxiety with it because of what changes. What changes is me getting out of fear and not dying. You know, me getting out of pain and not dying. And so I kind of went after everything. I lost, I've lost almost a hundred pounds since my biggest. I don't compete in the sport anymore. I've taken on endurance because, you know, zone two cardio has, you know, eliminates like 60% of all life mortality things. You know, same reason I like the cold, same reason I like the sauna. Um, I want to do things that make me my best. You know, what is the best version of me do? What are his habits like? And so I take those actions every day. I love that. I also like, I was wondering if like in your experiences and in your journey, like it seems like with your injury, with the loss of your dad, like these are like tenants of our identities. Like they're like, they are Mm. part of who we are. Like, and I'm uh, beside like the regular grief that like comes with loss or injury or things to overcome. Like the part losing part of yourself and like your you and how you identify and like the grief that comes with that and mourning that like how did you like confront that grief and work through it at the same time that you're like having these like very like soul and spirit awakening like kind of moments of being like my life is mine and i need to just go for it like how did what was that balancing act like for like the you know, depths of grief and the kind of peaks of like, I'm on a new path, I'm on a new adventure and like I'm filled with life around it. You know, on the linear scale, right? Like my dad passing kind of opened my eyes to the idea of how quick time's going to go, mm-hmm. that that things are just going to go that way and I probably don't have much control over how things end at the very end. But I know that at some point that's where I'm going to be. So uh, what I'm in control of, right, is today and the time between now and then. And so I want to be as much in control of the things that I'm actually in control of as I possibly can be. And the stuff that is bullshit that I'm not in control of, I don't want to give a single fucking piece of my energy. Yes. Um, and then getting hurt, you know, really shifted that again to what you said, right, about the loss of identity. And I was lucky enough that, I didn't get into sports because of some fucking insecurity and I didn't get into strength because of some insecurity, right? Like I liked being an athlete. I liked competing. I was good at it. I wasn't doing it to prove other people how fucking great I was. I loved it. I liked the moments of having to compete when it matters. I like when the the lights are on. I like when it counts. You know, I like doing the work by myself so that I'm ready to kick ass when it counts. Yes. Um, but when that got taken, that got really weird for me. Yeah, I bet. Because I had prepared to not compete anymore. Like, you know, high school football ends and then track and field and college ends. Like, I've had chapters in that you just move on from. Right. It's very few adults pick to end a chapter, though. Most of us wait on something else to end it for us. Mm-hmm. And then this one got ended for me. I was never going to compete again. And so while I knew that, like, Highland Games would come to an end, I didn't. I wasn't prepared to not be athletic and not be me mm-hmm. when I, when I got out of it. And so, man, I've been so fortunate that, that this machine I've got has done everything I've ever fucking asked of it. Mm-hmm. It's always responded. I've taken it for granted. It's, it's been athletic. It's been robust. It has handled damage. Yes. Um, and then it quit 
and like I couldn't go up and down stairs anymore and I like, traveled with a cane for two years and Fuck. yeah uh so you know that realization of like oh shit like it can all just change mm-hmm. like the the universe is not in my corner mm-hmm. it's also not against me right. it doesn't give a fuck mm-hmm. it's completely indifferent to my time here on the planet and making sure that if that's the case then that means the only person whose effort really gives a shit toward my thing is mine mm-hmm. and so i'll be damn sure that i'm the one doing it Totally. Um, I love that. That loss of identity of not being an athlete was really fucking tough. And then to go back and figure out who who am I and what am I into and the depth of that of so many things in my life that I really loved and were interested in doing after sports involved a lot of physical stuff. It wasn't like I was like, can't wait till I'm done competing so I can read more. <laughs> or like, so. That's not <laughs> like I can't wait to I start am. knitting right, right. That's, that's, or gardening. <laughs> it's not me you know like i it wasn't just that i couldn't compete in sports but like i couldn't comfortably travel like i couldn't walk around a new location i remember one of the worst days was we had gone with a group of friends to iceland in 2017 or 2018 and uh at some point we were kind of in the north of iceland with this group of eight and went on a hike man this is not much of a hike it's like maybe three miles and it's up a fire road. It's not like it's complex. Okay. Okay. But like I'm trying, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm with two walking, I'm with two stick, you know, two walking sticks wow. the whole way up. And like to get back down, like I have to walk backwards because I can't oh step forward with my right foot. Um, when I got to the bottom of the trail, we're probably, I don't know, 300 yards from our hotel like i had to let someone go get a car i just didn't fucking have it in me and i spent the rest of the evening sitting in a hot tub drinking whiskey and having fucking pain meds um i couldn't fucking do anything anymore Mm -hmm. and that idea is what really fucking terrifies me that that feeling trapped that my options are gone that i can't make decisions that i can't pursue things that i'm interested in anymore um and so like that identity getting taken was much worse. This yeah, like, identity of being someone who is capable to say yes. Yeah. The body not doing what the up. brain, like the body not doing what the brain is wanting to do or like thinking is so easy. Because my brain possible. never got hurt. Exactly. Exactly. You know, my brain never got hurt. Just the machine quit working. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then being in chronic pain changed a lot. You know, that gave me a much different perspective on what depression is and actually now realizing when I was battling with it in hindsight. Um, because, you know, my pain all day would float between like a three and an eight. Uh, most of it being around a three, but never really lower than a three. And so no matter what I'm doing, there's something constantly tugging at me trying to get my attention that, that needs, you know, that. It's making noise, I guess is the best way I can say it. My knee and hip would constantly make noise. Um, you know, out having fun or doing any of these things, you know, sometimes the noise from your friends and everything else is loud enough that you don't hear it. Right. But as soon as you're back home by yourself, it's, it's shouting. there. Shouting. Yeah, it's shouting. Yeah. Yeah. And there's That's no intense. attention you can give it to make it be quiet. That's intense. You know, and so whatever I could do to try to sort that out a bit, like, um, like I said, right, like that opened the kind of door to experiment with 
anything that gets us out of here is fine. Mm -hmm. And so I knew continuing to eat opiates every day isn't the ideal solution. I know where that ends up. And so I leaned into trying everything from cannabis to breath work to psychedelics to hot and cold therapy to acupressure to Reiki to have crystal work done. Like, fuck, man, let's go. Everything. Let's see what let's have our own experience with it and and share back. So what was like the recipe for healing or what have you found to be the recipe for healing? Um, I found cannabis to be really helpful for me. I mean, total knee replacement is what finally got me out of uh, pain. Um, but the kind of daily nagging stuff I've got right now, cannabis helps a ton, keeps me off of ibuprofen every day or anti-inflammatories that I know are going to fuck up my liver um, or opiates that I know have a bigger problem down the road with Definitely. addiction and anything else. Mm -hmm. um, I also found that um, you know, psilocybin and mushrooms helped a ton. You know, the first time that I tried mushrooms was the first time in a few years that my pain I really felt like was at a zero. And, Big fan. you know, the only other times I could find that was like while I was in a cold tub or sitting in a hot tub. And I'm sure that that part of that is just so much sensory overload that I can't hear it. Yeah, of uh, but it was back as soon as I got out, and it's really hard to operate living in either one of those. No, I mean we'd all so, like to. We'd all like to with, have the with, laptop at the hot tub and live life like that. But yeah, or cold tub stuff. Or yeah, not optimized uh, for um, Zoom no, calls no, and group meetings. <laughs> Although that is a podcasting no, niche. Yeah, podcast niche, like podcast from your cold tub. I don't know, could be cool. Just like an hour talk. <laughs> like frozen. Well, you know, like. Uh, Laird, Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese, they, uh, they had a podcast for a while called the truth chamber and they would do it inside their sauna. They would do it inside their sauna. So their sauna is like oh 220 God. degrees. And kind of the point is like, by the end of like, whatever that conversation is like, you can't bullshit anybody. No, fuck no. Like it's you, just too uncomfortable to come up with bullshit. You're like, just get the words and, out of uh, me. I, like I, just get the words out of me. Yeah. Just it's like, purging. what's the most honest thing I could say in the least oh amount of words? Oh my God, that's words, right? so good. I have to look into that. I'm going to test that out with my partner. I'm going to be like, let's go sauna, yeah. sauna podcast. <laughs> you know, and then, um, you know, the pain relief from psilocybin was great. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the doors that blew off for me. And it was really starting to experiment with stuff and kind of realizing that, I, hey, I could and no one else gets to decide whether or not I can. And it's up for me to manage it. Um, I got lucky to have some Sherpas in that realm of some people that were doing psychedelics and had done a lot of work with it. And yeah, I got yeah. very lucky to be kind of welcomed in there. Um, and then, you know, since then, it's been a bit of everything. I've tried, um, you know, LSD and MDMA and ayahuasca and everything else. And I've found huge benefits on the rewiring yes. ideas type of thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, being able to kind of look at how stuff is put together and say, you know, inside, you know, where my triggers are and anything else and be like, oh, shit, that's connected to that. Mm -hmm. We don't mm -hmm. have to do that anymore. Yes. Yes. I love that. It's amazing. You know, and a lot of times. A lot of the original triggers still exist and, you know, they're there for so long and they're built on the environment and circumstances and experiences you have growing up that perhaps you picked or didn't pick. Um, 
And whether or not you wanted more or less of whatever that experience was has shaped a lot of who you become. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, at some point, what if I just started choosing the experiences that I wanted to shape me instead of what shapes me from the experiences that I run into? Totally. totally. Right. So like if I know that the environment and the experiences I have make me who I am and give me my examples and give me my, you know, experience, right? Um, well, shit, if I do endurance running, I bet that gives me more patience. I bet that can give me discipline. I bet that can give me this. And so, shit, all we got to do is run every day and we'll get those benefits. 100%. You know, I don't have to be 100%. a good runner. I just or have to do runner. it. Yeah, I relate. I relate. I'm, big I'm sure as fuck not. I, I got a bum <laughs> knee and I'm an old man. <laughs> fast I'm like, it's, like a, it's like a joke that like i'm like the, i have like a like a 13 45 minute mile but i'm like so happy that's about as it. fast as i run <laughs> but it's that's running as fast is, as I, but i, I, I fucking ran love it. one for time last year yeah you know, two years ago i went and ran one for time and i did like seven and a half minutes but like, hey solid. I'll, I'll get on the treadmill today uh after we're done and i'd like to get 10 miles in today good for you um, but it'll take three hours yeah but hey, yeah, I'm not gonna be fast. That is a good like three hours of like you time though. Like that's what I love about it. It's yep. like I can't I can't do anything else. But like it's me and my thoughts and my body. Like that's just it. Like it's a that was like running yeah, you know, was with, like a big um, thing for me too. I've got a a mentorship group, a kind of a life coaching group that I work with. Uh, not dead yet, life. And so in at the end of May, we're hosting kind of a free get together outside of St. Louis here. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to do a camp one night and then we'll hike the next day and then camp again. Oh, cool. And that trail down there is one I went and did uh, It's kind of like a big first training push when I was getting ready for like an ultra marathon. I went and did out in Bryce Canyon. Mm -hmm. um, it's a 27 mile loop with not a ton of elevation. Um, and so we're going to meet up with a group camp and then hit that trail the next day. It'll probably take 12 Jeez. hours yeah, and then we'll camp again. There you but go. it's look, it's just walking. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's walking. That's it. Um, one mile but being in shape next. for it's going to like, it's not a thing you can show up and just do cold. Hey. Like it requires some training. Like you need to spend time on your feet. Like the amount of totally miles or anything like that you're doing are way less important than just the time under tension like i need you to have feet that can handle being on your feet for 12 hours a day yeah it's a good like mental that's way more important exercise. than the lungs yeah and like the the bond building and like community building of that like to know that mm -hmm. like your preparation or lack thereof will directly impact like the entire group now if you there can be either side of that spectrum. You can prepare, have zero preparation and show up there and just be like, I fuck, it. it's been five minutes and I can't move. Or, and that will, you know, no, that will have a net negative like impact on the group. Or you can run your ass off and be like, oh, look, I can do a six minute mile now. And knowing that nobody else in the group is going to be able to keep up. And like, that's a level of preparation that is like, overzealous and also net negative like it has to well, be what are we trying to accomplish right like this right. isn't a race like nobody's winning exactly it's togetherness like, we're there right? for the experience right because mm -hmm. i mean one of those things i really really try to focus on is that i'm here for the journey and not for the outcome mm, love that because 
like the outcome's horseshit anyway. Like anyone who thinks that like once I get there, it'll justify me being an asshole. Once Not I get true. there, it'll justify <laughs> all these things that it never will. People are still going to think you're an asshole. Yeah. And so enjoying the journey and being able to understand like what the moments are along the way that teach us everything. Cause yeah, I, what was I writing about the other day? I think so much of what is pushed right now and especially social media and a lot of things is like trying to give these quick tips and solutions for fast change and whether that's success yes. or building your business or any of these things. It's almost like it's trying to teach you how to be successful phonetically mm. and you've never actually learned how to speak the fucking language that is hard work and discipline and what that requires and also yeah. going through down stages and being able to manage your stress and being able to handle anxiety, be able to handle anxiety and be able to say, ah, we've met before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know that this isn't fucking real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get to decide how I feel. Yeah. Or, or listen to the anxiety in a different tone, right? That that anxiety shows up when something's happening that I give a fuck about. Like when I give a fuck about the outcome of it, that's when anxiety shows up. True. So perk up and get your shit together. Don't cower away from it. Yeah, exactly. Like that idea of not being anxious, that idea of not having stress in your life, that idea that things are supposed to be comfortable is fucking garbage. Totally. Like that doesn't operate well for any species. Totally. Any species that doesn't have to still hunt, any species that doesn't have to take care of itself, any species that doesn't you know, have to do that gets weaker. And why wouldn't it? Why, you know, why wouldn't it? And so I've shifted my focus to, because I'm so fortunate to live in the current era and time that we have and have the tools that we have at our disposal, the luckiest thing that comes with that is like, I get to choose the stress I want to adapt to mm -hmm. and whether that's weight loss, weight gain, strength or endurance or hot or cold or reading new material or journaling or any of these type of shit, right? Like any of these things that are slightly anxious, that are pushing a threshold, asking me to be better next time. You know, I think all those stresses are now the stresses I choose. And those give me a chance to get anxious. Those give me a chance to practice listening to that voice in my head that says, hey, I don't want to fucking do this. And me say, too bad. Yeah, totally. Like you don't get a vote. We're doing this thing. This that little machine. vote, you know, whatever whatever that voice is i don't have a good name for it but that that part of you that's still that red flag that pops up that's like oh i don't want to get in the cold this is gonna suck mm -hmm. we're like fuck i don't negotiate with you anymore exactly yeah we're just getting in yeah we're just doing do this it. just do it like no yeah. and there's gonna be another point while i'm and there's another point while i'm running or while i'm in the cold or while i'm doing whatever it is that the red flags pop up again and it's like, we should get out of here. This sucks. <laughs> and I go, we're okay. You are describing still me, my life. This is like my, this is like my day to day, like inner dialogue. <laughs> like it's well, so, and it's so easy to say, yes, just stop, just do it. Like once you do it, it feels so much better, but it is so, mm -hmm. it is like just so easy to just be like, yeah, you're right. Fuck this. Like I'm not doing the right. And it, it's hard to explain it. to people this arbitrary line, right? Of what I'm looking for. But mm -hmm. part of what I'm looking for is I want to hear my voice, you know, that, that voice in my head that says we should stop. Mm. Like that's the one I'm looking for. Mm. Like that's the edge. Right. And so like, I want to be able to realize like that voice is a fucking liar. Mm. 
Her voice doesn't know shit. That's the first one to show up that's like, we should stop. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> There's fucking other voices that are going to pop up way after that, that, you know, that it gets louder yeah. and there becomes a point when you can't anymore. Right. But stopping at that first, first red light or like the first time your check engine light comes on, like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to the mechanic yet. Yeah. Be <laughs> sure. Be sure that it's really like the last red light. Like feel that victory in yourself but if you don't practice that right like why would you ever get better at it So true. that's not an innate thing that we're all good at especially not if we're taught to avoid discomfort and taught to have that anxiety is a negative thing that you should never feel that like, fuck that so true. you know i'd get to choose the stress that i want to adapt to at this point in my life of three hundred thousand years of homo sapiens cruising around the planet like we've had two generations worth of people who got to choose what they want to do. Like the fact that I have enough free time in my life that I don't have to hunt food or fucking stay warm, <laughs> that I get to pursue things that I'm just interested in. Yeah, literally. Like there's not a greater fucking gift. Like that's the greatest amount of abundance that any fucking humans can have. Mm -hmm. And so operating from that base standpoint makes everything worth trying. You know, when you put it that way, it like takes me back to the beginning of the conversation where I'm like, you know, am I like, it makes me feel like, do I, should I feel bad about myself that I'm not like willing to like that some days I just don't have it in me to give a hundred percent. And it's like, I am already like blessed and grateful and like filled with abundance that I even get to choose like whether or not, whatever amount I'm going to give that day that I don't have to worry about like waking up and just surviving like i literally get to decide what the day is going to mm -hmm. bring and like that in itself is like one way to like go past that first red light or that first little voice that's like don't do anything today like today's a chill one <laughs> like go for a long drive or go for yeah, a long but my, walk my base self will just do that <laughs> yeah i Good. know it like the my base self is a lazy Fuck that wants to sit around the couch, smoke weed, and fucking play video games. Yeah. Everything that. I'm trying to do is outsmart that guy. Yeah. Because Same. I also know that if I give in to him too much, he's miserable. Yep. That part. That part. Right? So I have to keep that sacred too. Like, that's how I want to spend days when I'm down, and I want to earn my fucking rest. Because Definitely. earned rest feels better. The same way that... You know, at the end of doing 10 miles on the treadmill or being in the sauna, right? Like water's fucking great. Mm -hmm. Water's not great if I'm not thirsty. Totally. To so get thirsty. Yeah. Like, thirsty's a choice too, right? Like I can make simple things fucking great because I've put out this effort. Mm -hmm. But it ends up being, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, the hedonic treadmill. No. And this basically kind of states that like our base level of happiness never changes. And so, like, whatever, who you are, right, whoever Carson is at her core, no matter what you improve materialistically in your life, you're going to still be you once you're bored. Yeah. And it won't be enough, and you won't feel enough, and it won't, it'll return back to whatever that state is of, like, oh, I'm not happy. Why aren't I happy? I have all these things. Mm -hmm. And so, until you can kind of fix your base levels of, gratitude and acceptance or any of those type of things you just get stuck on the treadmill chasing the next thing um you know i'm not sure if you're familiar with um the four agreements 
I've heard of this, but but refresh me, please, if you if you will. Okay, so the four agreements is this wonderful, very simple is not going to be term easy to read book mm -hmm. by Don Miguel Ruiz, and the four agreements are: don't take anything personal, mm -hmm. uh, don't make assumptions, always do your best, and be impeccable with your word. And there's a lot of depth to those, a lot of depth yeah. that you can kind of infinitely dig into. And like, I really agree with those four things of, I don't want to make assumptions anymore of saying like, well, if I do this, it'll turn out this way. Like, fuck that. Fab the experience. No, okay. no is way better than guessing. Mm -hmm. You know, the being impeccable with my word, like that's why I journal. That's why I podcast more. That's why I do any of this because the only way I've ever learned how to get good at fucking anything is through repetition. Mm -hmm. Is that I've got to get my ass kicked and got to be able to look back at my previous efforts with a non-judgmental viewpoint and look at the data and say, did this get us what we wanted or did it not? If it mm -hmm. did not, where do we change? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the you know, always do your best, right? Like I think going back to something you said there about waking up in the morning and having this feeling like should or whatever. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm careful with that vocabulary. Yeah. No, there isn't anything that you should do. Nothing. No, it's your fucking life. You don't want to do shit. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Just don't bitch about it. Yeah. You just can't have both. You know, should have what you should do is do whatever the thing is you're driven to do. And if you're not driven to do a thing and if you don't have a purpose, what I recommend doing is spending all your time fucking finding it. Yeah, totally. What is the thing that lights you the fuck on fire? Mm. You know, I think there's some great journaling tools that are great for determining that. Like if you're stuck or lost and don't have purpose or anything, what you need to do is move your life toward things that bring you enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And so write for a month, right? Like write down every day at the end of the day, what brought me enthusiasm? What stole my energy is your next question. And then the third one is, what did I learn? You know, and I stole this from a book, uh, The Third Door. Um, but I really love that practice. And so over the course of a month, you would go back and reread this and look at it for the trends of what brought me enthusiasm, what stole my energy. And so how do I start setting the compass, right? Is get the fuck away from the things that stole my energy and move me toward yeah. the things that did, totally. that they brought it. And that's a that's a tough one because change is fucking hard for people. That may need that may mean I don't get to spend time with the people that I've been around for the last however long. I may mean that you know, I don't know that the relationship I have with my parents is really good for me. You know, you're not fucking obligated to be friends with anyone. You're not obligated to give anyone your time. Mm -hmm. Spend it wherever the fuck you want and realize that whatever choices you're making currently and where you are spending your time is what you're choosing. Like you don't have to do shit. It was a tough conversation I had with my mom years ago was I didn't really want to attend family things anymore. I didn't get anything out of it. I didn't enjoy being there. And I ended up just fucking drinking and disconnecting the whole time until I was allowed to leave, essentially, which is a silly fucking thing to say as a goddamn grown man. Um, so I just stopped. I stopped going. And the way I explain it to people is like, look, it's not good for me. And so I'm not going to be there. That's got to be a boundary I set. Mm -hmm. That's not for anyone else. And so the opposite side of that coin, right, is 
that means I don't do anything out of obligation. That means I don't do anything I don't want to do. And so if I am doing something, if I am in a situation, that means I did choose this. So let's be present and fucking give it all the, give it everything. What we're not going to do is that float in the half fucking between space and disconnect and complain about being somewhere that I chose to fucking be. True. True. Like same thing with your job, right? Like, yo, no one issued you your fucking job, especially now if you're listening to this podcast. I don't know where in the world you are, but chances are both of our audiences yeah. aren't in places that they got fucking issued work like North yeah, Korea. Yeah, literally. Right. Yes. True, true, true. Very true. So. You know, you fucking chose this job. You chose that education. You chose to pursue this career path. You didn't fucking wake up and they looked at you and said, license plate maker. So true. So I understand that it's fucking tough to make those choices, right? I mean, that's why we still see success in other places with arranged marriages or any of this shit. People don't like making choices. So fucking true. hard. Choice paralysis. Most people want everything fucking handled for them. I'm not one of those people. I want choices. I might be sometimes one of those people, but <laughs> no, I, I literally appreciate this so much. Like my jokes and sarcasm aside, like I'm like, this has been like such a fulfilling conversation. And like, I'm sorry, we haven't, we didn't speak about like your, like so much in detail about your brand and like your business, but I'm, I think it's so important. Yeah, but the brand to to is the, all this, right? It like, is, exactly. Like, this is the root the of it. The brand is a totem for people that, that get this. Yeah. They get exactly. the idea that, you know, this, this time that we have here is fucking fleeting. Mm -hmm. And, like, death is always this thing that happens to other people. Yeah. It's just so hard to picture it being ourselves that there's going to be a time exactly. when you don't fucking exist. And not only that, like it basically the time that you ex that you don't exist will be forever. The time that you do exist is almost nothing. So true. So true. So fucking why waste it? I love that. Yeah, I'm not concerned with legacy or some fucking idea of how the world views what I did. I don't give a shit. I want to be able to connect with people. I want to have relationships i want to be able to have people around me that i love that i get to be intimate and talk to and vulnerable and honest with i want to be around people who hold themselves accountable the same way like that's what i want to do with my fucking time i want to see this world i want to get changed by it as much as i've traveled or do any of this like no you're not fucking dead yet yes like what I are you waiting that. on yes hell yeah that's the move. That's the vibe. That's the energy going forward. That's it. No more should. No more could. Just do it. Just do what I want, what I want to do, when I want to do it. And like, you have to be the, totally accountable the to the consequences of whatever that means. No floating in between anymore. <laughs> right. Like, yo, if you can't lose weight, guess what? You fucking eat like a dick. If you yep. can't gain weight or gain strength, guess what? You're not doing enough. You if you're not like training, like, guess what? That's the, it's your fault. Yeah, exactly. Everything's your fault. Oh, you don't like those five people that you spend all your time with? Change. Yeah. Stop bye. fucking being around them. Yeah. Well, make a decision. I, I have literally like more because I I'm like curious to get all of your like even that last like statement. I just like I would love to talk more about like just the trend of like therapy speak and like how people are talking to each other and boundaries and all of that. But 
I'm not going to, as we say in England, take the piss and take up too much of your time. I know you got 10 miles on the other side of this that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm counting on, but I so appreciate it. And please tell people like where they can find you, where they can learn more about you and like get more of these prescriptions for life, which is what I'm calling them sure. like now, please. Sure. So kind of everything in my world is under not dead yet. So the brand is not dead yet.com podcast is not dead yet. Um, my mentorship group life coaching is not dead yet life, um, which is indywylife.com. We host meetups and I do some retreats and my, my wife, Bonnie has started hosting some women's retreats, but you know, it's a group, for, it's a group of people that reach some point in life where they realize that they are being called to a big change where they know that what they're doing isn't aligning anymore with them. And that change is really fucking scary, but I'm very good at helping people get through it. I'm very good at helping people manage their perspective, you know, their perspective on things and shaping their reality and finding abundance and realizing they already have the power within them to change those things. It's just through fucking consistent action. We can do that. We can make those moves and be who we want to be or admit you don't want to and move the fuck on and go figure out how to put your energy towards something you actually give a shit about instead of something that's trying to impress someone, not you, because they don't fucking care. Hell yeah. I feel like I've got like Bonnie's the next infinity stone. Now I feel like I got my hour from you. I want to talk to her because I bet you two are just like power moves like i would love that sounds so cool thank you so much yeah, tell her to come through tell her to come through i would love that um thank you so 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 much for this it's been like super energizing inspiring insightful intense honest like i just can't thank you enough so it's amazing appreciate your time no thank you i appreciate it and good luck on your 10 miles <laughs> yeah easy day Maybe I'll get a mile in for you too. The Carson Daily Show is a Decentral Media production. Please follow this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate me five stars, share it with your friends and foes, and DM me any questions you have. You can find and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carson Daily and the show's dedicated Instagram at The Carson Daily Show.